A dramatic spike in COVID-19 cases tops the news in Illinois, while record numbers of voters are casting their ballots early leading up to the 2020 elections. We'll talk about that and more on this edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock, and I'm here with State House Bureau Chief Jerry Nowicki and fellow reporter Ray Troncoso. Jerry, to you first. Uh, we have seen some startling numbers coming out of the Department of Public Health this week. After the pandemic looked like it was tapering off this summer, cases started rising again, and now we've had two straight days with more than 4,000 new cases each. Uh, what do we think is behind this? Well, the massive increase in testing from where we were before plays a part. But uh, when you separate that and look at the positivity rates, those are high as well. Um, I think people are getting a little bit more comfortable moving uh, further from their houses and seeing more people um, than they were previously, probably. But uh the other important thing to look at is, you know, that while the cases are up, the hospitalization rates are up too. There's over 2,000 hospitalized uh, for the virus for COVID-19. Uh, we haven't seen numbers like that for some time, have we? No, it was early June when we saw that, and the positivity rate statewide has increased over five percent, which is also since early June. And all those were when it was on the way down, but uh, right now it's on the way back up. So we don't know how quickly. Uh, those will continue to rise, but something to be keep track of, certainly. And I think they announced Friday that there are now, what, 34 counties at the warning level? And right. so somebody pointed out that a lot of those are border counties. Uh, Governor Pritzker was uh, talking about that on Friday, that uh, we border uh, some of the worst states COVID-wise in the country, Indiana, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Uh, do we think there's some cross-border migration happening there? Well, there were 17 of those on the border. Some of them bordered Missouri, too. So uh, those are the warning counties, that is, 17 of 34. So I think, yeah, that's certainly part of how it's spreading. But, I mean, you go to, you, you see people out there sometimes not wearing masks, too, being a little bit comfortable. And the governor just reiterated today, you know, you got to wear those masks if you want, if you don't want to see increased mitigations. Despite all of that, we have a state lawmaker who is still pursuing a lawsuit seeking to block Governor Pritzker's use of emergency powers to impose statewide mitigation measures. Representative Darren Bailey, a Republican from Southern Illinois, was back in court this week pressing his case where the Attorney General's office was seeking a dismissal of the case. We probably won't hear about that until right before Election Day or possibly even after. Uh, Jerry, is this uh, is this having much of an impact, do you think, on the administration? I mean, the fact that they're, it, Representative Bailey and a number of other people have filed suits uh, in different parts of the state. Yeah, I, I think the administration is just going to forge ahead. A lot of what they're doing, especially with masks, is sort of just asking for compliance rather than laying down any hammers there. Uh, there's been some citations for businesses that are intentionally flouting the rules, but um, you know, I, I think the administration will sort of, unless they're told not to by a court, they'll continue to stay the course. 
Okay, and while that's all going on, we had some other big news this week about the U.S. Census. Uh, Ray, tell us about that. I mean, it seems like the governor had announced uh, he was going to put an extra million dollars or so into a last-minute push to get everybody uh, counted in the census, and then the U.S. Supreme Court said that uh, the census could be halted. Uh, So where do we stand now? Well, that that million dollars was already spent, and it was spent... Uh, for basically media buys to encourage people over the next two weeks before the census was supposed to end to basically fill out self-response. But then this Supreme Court hearing, uh, this Supreme Court decision happened that basically ended the census uh, today at 5 a.m. this morning. So it ended about two weeks earlier than it was expected. Uh, Federal courts previously actually halted the Trump administration from ending the census back in September. And so I think, you know, state governments got a little comfortable that we were going to see this October 31st end date. But, you know, we instead ended on the 15th, essentially. Um, In terms of the census, what that means is there's probably going to be a lot of communities that are undercounted. Um, That was probably going to happen anyway. According to the census, we're at 99.9% enumeration. But advocates and people who, who deal with the census say self-response is a much better number. And in Illinois, we're sitting uh, a little above 71%, which is better than 2010. But I think they wanted to do a little bit better before the census actually came to a close. So you say there may be an undercount. Um, What does that mean for Illinois? Well, it means over the next 10 years, that's hundreds of millions of dollars that we're basically going to miss out on in terms of receiving from the federal government. At the moment, Illinois is one of a handful of states that actually gives more to the federal government than it receives. And that probably is going to continue over the next 10 years. And there's also the question of congressional apportionment. Uh, Most people think that Illinois is in line to lose at least one congressional seat. Could we lose two? Based on the strength of self-response, again, being better than what it was in 2010, we probably won't lose two seats. But it's very likely we're going to lose one. Okay. And the other major story you've been covering, and this has been going on in a lot of different, on a lot of different topics, the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus has uh, been pushing an agenda. They're actually trying to build an actual package of legislation that they want to ha- uh, have discussed during the upcoming veto session. Uh, what are we looking at here, and why are they doing this now? Well, if we look to the chair of the Black Caucus, uh, Kimberly, uh, State Senator Kimberly Lightford, um, the moment that they have right now is sort of unprecedented in terms of the political capital they have because of what's been going on, these protests that have riled just not the United States, but the entire world in terms of protesting uh, basically how police interact with, with Black citizens has kind of given them Uh, an opportunity to pass wide-ranging legislation, not just on uh, criminal justice and police accountability, which is a big part of the package, but basically in any field that they see uh, there exist big disparities between how Black Americans are treated compared to other American residents. And so the four pillars that they're focusing on is criminal justice, uh, economics, education, and healthcare. 
Okay, and uh, have they come up with any specific legislation, or are they just basically uh, talking about broad categories, broad subjects, uh, and areas of disparity right now? Well, in these hearings, they haven't specifically brought up any legislation, but they have brought up specific policy points in some fields. Uh, one of them in education is expanding social studies to basically have educating on black history, not just Illinois, but throughout the or about black Americans throughout the United States that encompasses basically kindergarten through 12th grade. In terms of economics, they, they want to push money lenders to, uh, to incentivize them to give more loans to black homeowners and black communities. In criminal justice, it's instituting statewide uh, mandates for how police departments use force against subjects. It's, it's things like that. There are specific policies they've referenced, but uh, while there hasn't been any legislation introduced, Kimberly Lightford has said they will have all their legislation ready for the veto session. Okay, and Senator Lightford is the Senate Majority Leader, so we can expect things to get hearings over there. What are we hearing on the House side and from Governor Pritzker about this agenda? Well, every major Democratic leader in Illinois has essentially said they're supporting the Black Caucus's agenda. Uh, that's that's the Senate President, that's the um, House Speaker, and that's Governor Pritzker. All right. And then finally, uh, the other story that we're pursuing has been uh, the upcoming 2020 elections. As of Friday, I just looked up this number, more than 900,000 voters in Illinois have already cast their ballots, either by sending it in by mail, dropping it off at a, uh, at a, a secure drop box, or voting in person at certain in-person voting locations. That's somewhere around 20% of the total voter turnout that there was in the 2016 presidential election in Illinois. So this is, uh, it would seem that people are very interested in this election. Of course, they expanded early voting uh, and vote by mail opportunities this year in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. So Jerry, let's turn back to you. Uh, what are the big things on the ballot? Uh, talk to me a little bit about the graduated tax amendment that's on the ballot how how do we think a high voter turnout will affect the results on that yeah so the more voters that vote on that essentially the lower percentage of the vote it needs um because if uh it's got to be a majority of those voting in the election which would of course be 50 percent plus one but if a certain amount of voters fall off um it'll need 60% of those voting on the question. So a good way to look at it is uh, with 6 million uh, people voting in the election, if it matches sort of the 2016 turnout, you're gonna need uh, right around 3 million to uh, pass it. Illinois has kind of a complicated system for uh, constitutional amendments. It's either 60% of the people voting on the question or 50% of all of the people who cast ballots in the election uh, that was put into the, the 1970 Constitution uh, that Illinois adopted. So uh, talk about the campaigning. I, you know, I see commercials almost constantly, both for and against, sometimes 
you'll see a pro-amendment and an anti-amendment ad just back-to-back, especially during certain news programs. Uh, Who's putting money into this? Yeah, it's basically two billionaires, one being Governor J.B. Pritzker, who's put more than $50 million towards the ads for the graduated tax measure. And then there's Ken Griffin, who's the wealthiest man in the state, who's put nearly $50 million against the measure. So they're going toe-to-toe with the ads, making a lot of claims, all of them. Uh, But what it comes down to it is the state is kind of looking for more revenue to fill uh, structural budget gaps, as they say. Uh, This can bring in $3.4 billion in a full year, and that's the preferred route the state wants to take rather than, uh, I shouldn't say the state, I should say the governor wants to take as opposed to raising taxes on the middle class or making drastic cuts to the budget. Uh, so the, the other option the lawmakers have to raise that money is raising the flat tax. Uh, but then you got the opposition that says, you know, why should we give them the authority to tax the rich? Why can't they just cut their way out of this and change the way pensions are funded? And that's one of the interesting things about Illinois. You can't raise the income tax without raising it on everybody because we have this constitutionally mandated flat tax. Uh, This would allow different rates for different levels of income, theoretically imposing higher rates, essentially imposing higher rates on higher levels of income and lower rates on lower levels of income. so the opposition seems to be coming from where the business community yeah definitely the business community there's some farmers uh the illinois farm bureau is against it as well um you know they they make all sorts of arguments uh about that it'd be bad for business and eventually the rates will trickle down to the middle class but uh the proponents kind of try to focus on the uh the measure that they've also passed setting graduated rates which would essentially lower the rates for those making less than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars or and raise them for those making above that amount okay so in addition to the flat tax we have a couple of races in different parts of the state for the uh illinois supreme court of course we have all 118 seats in the illinois house are up for election and about a third of the 59 Illinois Senate seats are up for election. Uh, so this is this is going to be a busy election year, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly seems like it. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch all that. Okay. Well, we're going to have to leave it at that for this week on Capital Cast. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Until next time, this is Peter Hancock saying thank you for listening.